The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program. WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, WLHS, the Lakota Local School District, or staff and management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as specific legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on WMKV, WLHS, and the Maple Knoll Radio Network. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon. I am Vena Jones-Cox, and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing, where this week, like every week, we're working our fingers to the bone to bring you the information and inspiration you need to start or grow your own real estate investing business. And today, we're going we're gonna to do one of those shows where we talk about a niche that most people don't even think about, much less engage in, um, that might open your mind to some other ways to do things potentially. And that niche is manufactured homes. Now, I was real careful in that email that I sent out to everybody before the show to say manufactured homes actually actually are are now two different things they are the 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 thing that here in our area we call trailers or wobbly boxes they're they're mobile homes they're made out of you know they're brought in on a hitch and they have wheels and they're put on a lot in a mobile home park or maybe on land and they're made out of basically plywood and aluminum. I was real careful to say that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the other thing that is called manu that's lumped under manufactured homes and that is modular homes uh because actually lots lots of people know about trailers, mobile homes as investments, but not too many people have made a business around modular homes. So, to help me discuss this topic because <laughs> I can't. I think I've I think I've owned one modular home in my entire life and it was already there when I bought it. Is Carla Parvin who is the president of the Carolina's Real Estate Association in Asheville, North Carolina and who has carved herself out a little niche there not just uh developing modular homes but also helping other people to do the same. Joining us from her home near Asheville is Carla Parvin. Carla, welcome to Real Life Real Estates. Thank you, Vina. It's great to be here. Thank you for the invite. Well, you, since you are the only person I have ever even heard of <laughs> who is both an investor and also a modular home fan, um, you you were it, girl. You were like, <laughs> who should I get, Carla? Um, so let, let let's just start start by sharing with the audience how how you got into this niche and how you use it to make money as like a real estate investor type person. All right. Well, um, my husband and I retired and 
we found that just being retired was not what we wanted. So we started looking around for something to do. So we started building spec homes. Uh, he's an engineer by trade, you know, his career. And I was a uh, project manager for systems implementation for supply chain management um, systems for manufacturers. So we had the project management experience and, and the engineering background. And we started building spec homes, stick-built spec homes. Mm-hmm. Well, it, we did a few of those. And then the prices started going crazy, uh, you know, with COVID and everything. So we started looking around for alternatives and, you know, did a lot of research. And there's other things out there. There's um, panelized homes and metal buildings and other stuff. But we uh, evaluated it because we're both analytical nuts, you know, nerds, and like to put numbers in spreadsheets and stuff. And uh, we, um, we found that the modular home gave us the, uh, the best return for our investment. Um, we uh, researched six different modular home companies before we found the one that we decided to go with. And um, we built one, and things turned out really well. Uh, we made a fair amount turn on investment with it. Um, it was built in a whole lot less time than a stick-built home. Um, so we were sold on the idea. Mm-hmm. And we have built and sold two others now. And the next thing on our horizon is building a duplex that is a modular. Mm-hmm. And that's where we are, and that's how we got into it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it, it was a story that started with boredom. Yes. I'm, re- I'm retired and I hate it. <laughs> and then, yep, and you then, got it. And then moved on to, okay, so I'm liking this real estate development thing, but then became a problem when all of a sudden there was no wood available <laughs> there for yeah. a while, and it was yeah. taking... You know, you call your you call your kitchen cabinet supplier, and they'd say, "Yeah, in about six months, we expect to have some inventory again." So yeah, it, no wood, no windows. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it, it it became just a uh, what are we going to do now? And now it has become a whole niche for you. So you're basically at this point in you're still in property development and resale. You're Correct. just buying your phone. You're just buying your homes from a factory now instead of having them built on site from scratch yeah okay so um let's look i I have so many questions in my email box (laughs) about about mobile homes and can you really fix them with duct tape and and foam and fill so maybe 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 because they both they both do get called manufactured homes Right? Like yeah. the industry calls both those things manufactured homes. Maybe you should talk about the difference in in like actual facts and construction between mm-hmm. a mobile home and a modular home. Well, the term manufactured homes in, in the industry to folks that are doing uh, loans and, you know, mortgage brokers and people that are building the things, manufactured homes are either mobile homes which are built before 1976 or um, manufactured homes, which are mobile homes built after 1976. Now, a modular home is manufactured in a factory, in a controlled environment, but it is typically not referred to as a manufactured home. The term manufactured home uh, in the industry 
applies to the mobile homes and then the mobile homes that were built after 1976. Mm-hmm. Did that answer your question? So, so, so at some point, at some point, people people started saying, "Oh, mobile homes have a really bad reputation. Let's change the name." Is that what happened? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. It sounds like that's what happened. Okay, so. A modular, though, is literally, it. they're both built in factories, but the modulars are literally built differently. Oh, yes. Much, much more robust. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The uh, When you lay down the, the base for a modular home, it's got two by tens on the outside, two layers of two by tens on the outside edge. Um, so, yeah, way more robust than the... Uh, than a uh, manufactured home. Like you said, it's made out of aluminum and one by twos. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I, I, someone someone uh, actually said to me many years ago, you've got to think of modular homes as homes that are stick built in factories and then put on a truck and brought to the lot. Yes, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> They've got, uh, you know, your walls are 16 inch on center. The, the floor joist 16 inch on center, you know, yeah, very, very robust. Okay. So we need to, we need to take a quick break when we come back. Uh, we'll talk more about modular homes and why you might want to look into them, particularly if you're one of those people who goes, there's nothing on the market. I should just build something because this might be your, your better solution than trying to find a builder and stick building a property on your lot. Uh, we'll also take your questions about modular homes at uh, askvina at gmail.com. That's A-S-K-V like in Victor, E-N-A at gmail.com or by phone at 877-772-9658. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox, talking today to Carla Parvin about modular homes and their possibilities as a way to develop housing, maybe maybe make it to sell it, maybe put it up to Airbnb it, maybe, I mean, I'm, there's, there's, whole, there's whole big hedge funds now that are building to rent because the rental market is so hot. And the inventory is so low. So lots of possibilities with these things if we can figure them out. And that's what Carla is helping us do today. So Carla, uh, way back when I was a baby real estate investor, this would have been like in the early 90s. Uh, I was out in one of the um, adjacent counties to Cincinnati here, one of the rural, rural counties. And uh, I was looking at a property and the agent, my agent, said... You don't want to make an offer on this one. It's a modular. And I said, mm. I was like, I don't know what that is or why I would not want to make an offer on it. And he said, well, they're just not very well built and they lose their value. And I want to say this one was maybe built in the seventies or something. Is that, is that a thing? Like are, are modulars better now than they were? In the seventies, or did he just have some prejudice about it that uh, I should have ignored? Well, a lot of folks have a little bit of prejudice, and it's mostly because they they don't have the information. They don't have good information. Uh, back in the seventies, yeah, things were not as well built as they are now. But the 
modulars are built to the state building codes, the state building codes and the county that, uh, that it's going to be built in, where it's going to wind up. Uh, so it is, it's built to the same specs as a stick-built home, mm-hmm. whereas the mobile homes are uh, built to HUD standards. They have the standards for the HUD houses. Okay. Okay. So I think what you're saying is they're just as well built as any other property that you would buy, assuming, I I guess, because these are, these, are the, these are the things that uh, when we're on the highway, we see the big wide load trucks and they have like half a house wrapped in saran wrap. Oh, yeah. That's, yep. that's, what, <laughs> that's what we're talking about. And I assume... And the roof is folded up and laid down and wrapped up. Yes, yep. you're exactly right. Yep. So they're, they're actually bringing a lot of these on site and then kind of putting them together. Because cause literally, I see half a house all the time. I assume there's another ha- yeah. half 10 miles back on the highway. They're, they're bringing them in. They're somehow attaching them together, putting, putting the roof on, finishing it out. Um, I assume that, uh, that if they do all of that right, what you have at the end is basically just a house like any other house. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. The, uh, the two boxes, they call them. You know, the two modules are built in the factory and put on a, they're built on a carrier. And the carrier is like a trailer, you know, uh, and it's attached to that temporarily. When it gets to your site, they pick that box up using a big old crane and it goes up in the air. It may rotate 180 degrees so that it can be set down on the foundation and that is quite a ballet to watch. It, I mean, you'll have your heart up in your throat as you're watching it. <laughs> it, it. It is incredible. So they'll bring the first one down and set it on the foundation and temporarily secure it in a couple places with some you know, good long screws. Then they pick up the second one and set it down on the foundation right beside the first one. And those two pieces are then married together. Uh, where the two pieces, the two boxes come together, it's called the marriage wall. And uh, typically before the box is picked up, the roof, which has been folded up, it's folded once or twice before it, uh, before it gets wrapped up in, and starts going down the highway, uh, they raise that roof and secure that half of the roof, then put it on the foundation, bring the two pieces together, and tie the two sides together. Um, it's with, typically the crews are on site by 8 a.m. and typically by 2 p.m. your unit is dry. It's dried in. The uh, seam at the top where uh, the the ridge, the roof ridge is um, is sealed and everything is secure. And you know, if you get a thunderstorm later you're good to go hmm. because your two pieces are dried in they're a, connected a one-day house a one-day house except for Absolutely. the six months it took him to build it in the factory before it ever <laughs> before it ever got pulled out well, on the truck in the first place a cool thing because it doesn't take that long 
because they've been building one after the other after the other. So they've got the engineering down pat. They've got the manufacturing processes perfected, and those little puppies just roll on down the line. Hmm. You've got trained, dedicated people building your unit. It's not whoever they picked up at you know Home Depot and brought over to work on the unit that day or work on that, that job site that day. Mm-hmm. These people know their jobs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I have, you know, I grew up in manufacturing. I have visited the manufacturing facilities for a couple of different modular home builders. These people know what they're doing. They're mm-hmm. trained. They've got the engineering specs, and it's done right. Mm-hmm. So why why doesn't everybody just get modular homes? It's, it sounds a lot easier than then stick built like why are, are there limited colors and sizes are there like why why don't why don't we just build all our houses in factories you have some options but it's not like you can do a customized floor plan you can move it around a little bit but it is a box with a maximum width of 14 feet and the length can be anywhere from 28 feet to as much as 60, 66 feet. Um, So there are some limitations. Mm -hmm. But uh, with those limitations, you can do quite a lot. Mm -hmm. So so roughly what does a base model modular cost from the factory? And I know then we're going to get into how far are we taking it and where does it need to be to sit. But give give us a price range of, of... if I were just to see a menu in a factory, where is it going to start and where is it going to end? A two-bedroom, excuse me, three-bedroom, two-bath, 20 or 1,200 square feet is typically around 90000 for the structure. Now, that comes with all of your cabinets, all of your faucets. It comes with the hot water heater. It comes with, uh, you know, the walls are painted. The crown molding is in. It comes with all of your flooring ready to be installed. So that 90K covers a lot of material. That's incredible. You can't build a house in Cincinnati, Ohio of that square footage for that little money. Like, well, that's just, just for the structure. Mm-hmm. Now you've got to, of course, purchase your land put your foundation in place. You've got to pay your crew to do the finishing and the trim of the unit. But yeah, for a basic structure, it is um, quite price competitive. Yes. Yes. Very, very inexpensive. So um, obviously you're not just like buying a chunk of land and coming in and dropping this on here. There's, (laughs) there's other things that have to be considered. Uh, you you, yes. you mentioned foundation. Are these usually built yes. on basements or are they usually put on slabs? You can put it on a slab. You can put it on a crawl space. You can put it on a basement. I've done basements and crawl spaces. I haven't done any slabs, not not here in this area. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we've got to worry about water, sewer, and electric. Oh, yeah. yeah it's just like building a stick-built house. You've got to either connect to sewer or have your septic tank and your septic fields up there, you know, the same for water, city water, or, you know, drill a well and bring it in just like you'd bring it in for a, uh, 
for a stick built home. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So let's let's talk about time frame then, because uh, so it's it's going to take a certain amount of time to get your permits, get the power company to you know put a new pole out front if necessary, get the septic put in, get the sewer. It's going to it's going to it's going to take that amount of time whether you're building the house on the lot or not. But in terms of like day, I close the close on the lot and I'm ready to start prepping it to the day we're ready to move somebody in on average. How long is that? Four to six months, sometimes less. That seems fast. Yes. Yes. <laughs> if you've got a good crew doing your foundation and your grading and such, they can do that in, you know, four weeks. Uh, your house, Depending on what manufacturer you're working with, your house can be uh, built in as little as six weeks. Hmm. So, and then it'll take maybe another four weeks to do the finishing. Mm-hmm. You can have it in as little as two months if you've got a cracking good crew and they stick to it and they know what they're doing. Wow. It seems like you could do a yeah. lot of those. <laughs> like, yeah. as, like, as, like as opposed to uh, just, you know, I, I, we have some folks in Cincinnati area here who have gotten into development mm-hmm. and they're mostly developing mm-hmm. in, you know, the higher end areas of town because that's where you can afford to develop. It's, you know, you can't, yeah. you almost, you almost can't afford to, to build a property that isn't going to sell for six or seven hundred thousand uh, dollars, which is unfortunate because yeah. that's, that's not really where we need housing. <laughs> where we mm-hmm. need housing is areas where mm-hmm. it sells for $150,000. Um, yeah. And, they can do one at a time, two at a time. They they can't be thinking about the next one until the last one is finished. So uh, it sort of sounds like, assuming that what we talk about after this break, which is how in the world do you pay for a house that's not on the lot yet, uh, that maybe this could be a, a solution for um, quicker development and maybe even development in areas that are more affordable areas. You're, you're listening for, to Real Life Real Estate Investing, talking today to Carla Parvin about modular homes and the possibilities here. Uh, you can give us a call if you have any questions about these at 877-772-9658 or send an email to askvina at gmail.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing, talking today about possibility of modular homes being in your future as a budding real estate developer. Um, Before I forget about it, July the 6th, July the 6th here in Cincinnati, Cincinnati RIA is holding its annual picnic with a purpose. What's the purpose? I don't know, meet people, build relationships, get free food, have a good time, be outside. That's the purpose. That meeting is open to the public. It is, of course, uh, in person since, you know, it's a picnic and all. But uh, anybody who wants to attend can attend simply by pre-registering. It's really important that you pre-register for this one because uh, got to have a caterer, you know, know how many hot dogs and hamburgers and all that stuff to bring. You can do that at CincinnatiRIA.com. That's CincinnatiREIA.com. And just a heads up for the big Cincinnati RIA event of the summer on uh, August the 19th and 20th here in person in Cincinnati. 
Uh, Pete Fortunato and I are doing an all day, all day, two day workshop focused on how to find more deals than you can handle. So two days and it's going to be all about different strategies for finding opportunities and uh, negotiating those opportunities into something that actually works. Uh, Pete and I do things in very, very different ways, which you already know if you, if you know the two of us and we'll each be teaching our own way, uh, mine more around direct mail and automation and getting other people to do a lot of the legwork and Pete's way more around uh, networking his way into deals, repeat and referral business, etc. cetera. Uh, there's a limited seating at this event and Cincinnati Re is going to be donating a hundred percent of the proceeds to charity. So uh, in other words, Pete and I are working for free. If you'd like to see that happen and also learn how to, Buy more deals than you're getting right now. Uh, you can find out more about it at CincinnatiRia.com. Just go to the calendar, go over to August, and you will see the uh, sign up for the event. Uh, so, Carla, starting to get some actual modular home questions in the yes. in the inbox now. Uh, this one is from Alan, who's in Arizona. He says, so modulars are more robust and better construction than mobile homes, but do they hold their value like site built? The ones I've seen still don't look fully site built. They definitely hold their value and they appreciate just like a stick built home. Okay. And then he has a second question that I knew we were going to get around to at some point, which is what about zoning issues? How do we find out if we can even put a modular home on a particular lot does the ter- when I see the term site built only, does that mean that the area does not allow modulars? In North Carolina, if residential homes are allowed, stick built homes are allowed, modulars are allowed. Now, a an HOA may restrict it. The deeds may restrict it to uh, stick built only. So there can be some restrictions, um, even though it would be legal otherwise. Um, let, but, let, yeah. And let's, and let's, let's talk about the other sort of issues that people maybe don't think about. Cause so I have a friend who put a modular home in a C-class rental neighborhood. And this was, this was back in the, probably 90s early 2000s and because it was a brand new house in an older neighborhood he was able to get way more rent for it it's just nicer than the other houses around it it was more updated it was more modern and ever Mm -hmm. since then i thought boy that is brilliant because we've got so many lots here in the cincinnati area where a house got torn down because it had a fire or it got torn down during that spasm of tearing down houses that the whole country went through in 2007, 8, and 9, thinking we had too many houses and we should just tear down everything that was ugly. And I thought, boy, you know, a modular home would fit really well on this lot. But then it turns out <laughs> that those trucks can't go under all the bridges that they would need to go under in order to get into a neighborhood. And there's something about having to to take down power lines sometimes during the along the route that the truck oh, yeah. with the yeah. house yeah yeah you do have the height restriction you have the height restriction for the 
uh, for the modular home itself as it's being transported. But now you also, you're going to have a crane that will be on site to lift the unit onto the foundation. Those cranes are big and they are heavy. So the bridges that they have to go over, especially, you know, in the rural areas up here in North Carolina, you know, we've got little bridges up here that just cannot handle that kind of weight. So the other thing you have to keep in mind is trees, because you are going to have a crane picking up a unit that's 14 feet wide and 50 feet long and lifting it up and putting it down onto a foundation. It needs room. So, you know, you may have to cut, uh, you may have to cut trees. Mm -hmm. And the power lines definitely can be an issue. Mm -hmm. You have to uh, get the folks that would be running the crane to take a look at the area, look at the property, and they can tell you for sure if, uh, if, if their crane can get to that site and put the unit onto the foundation. Mm-hmm. So can they tell you that before you buy the lot? Like, Absolutely. <laughs> can you call these, these folks and say... That is part of your due diligence. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, if, you're, if you're thinking about putting a modular home on a piece of property... You definitely, during your due diligence period, want to get with the person who's going to be the the crane company that you're working with and the company that's going to be doing the set of the home onto the foundation to make sure that, you know, they've got room enough to do what they need and that there's no obstructions in the way, no little bridges, you know, and other restrictions. Tight curves can also be Mm. a problem. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So find all this out before you pick out your dream lot and decide to put a modular home on it. Oh, yeah. And the other thing, especially here in the mountains, how steep is that driveway that you have to go up? Because mm-hmm. you've got this truck pulling a heavy unit up the hill to get it to the site. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, boy, that brought another. Oh, how how what is realistically, what is the smallest lot that you can put one of these on and not have tons of problems with, you know, worrying about hitting the neighbor's house or something like, and I, I, I think it's probably width that we're worried about of the lot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There are, um, you know, the house is going to be 28 feet wide. Typical. They, you may find some that are, Uh, 12-foot boxes, so they would be 24 feet wide uh, as a finished unit. So you just have to be sure that it would fit with your setbacks and then, again, getting with the crane operator to make sure that there is sufficient clearance for them to be able to get the the box onto the foundation Mm -hmm. using the crane. Mm -hmm. So is your preferred sort of development project more in like on a rural lot or in an existing subdivision? Where do you personally like to put these? I've put them in town. I've put them on subdivision lots. Um, Either one works. Rural would be fine too. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So long as you've got the clearance and they can swing that crane and swing that box, you're good to go. Okay. So April from Nashville would like to know how is the financing for a modular different than it would be for a stick built home? It's not. It's the same. So, so are we getting a 
are we getting uh if i'm building a sick built home i'm i'm getting a construction loan right and then i'm going to turn that into yeah. a permanent loan is it kind of the same situation you can go that way the company that i work with requires only a 10% down payment and then they don't require any more money until the unit is delivered to the lot so depending on what your company you know how it works with them you may have that or you may have you know payments that you have to make until the home is set just but yeah it works just the same way as a stick built home so how who is financing them is it is it the factory that's financing them or is it a traditional lending institution some factories will do the financing but the uh, traditional lenders are happy to do it as well hmm Interesting. I never, I never yeah. thought about calling a bank and saying, "Hey, will you finance this modular home that's still in the factory? Because yeah. I need to, I need to pay them, or they don't, they aren't going to bring it to my, <laughs> to my <laughs> lot." Mm-hmm. Um. So, Richard says, "What about? Do you need any kind of developer insurance? So, in other words, while it's not on the foundation, and then is homeowners insurance, hazard and liability insurance, just as easily available on these as on other properties? The homeowners insurance is just as easily available as with stick-built homes. Mm-hmm. I've not had to deal with developers insurance, but I do have um, builders insurance, you know, just like with new construction. Mm-hmm. Bryson asks, do you need to check with the city to see if modular homes are allowed or is there some specific zoning I should be looking for? There can be. There can be. Again, go talk with your planner, your city planner. And again, as part of your due diligence, make sure that you talk with them and then a little clue for you. After you've talked with them, send them an email when you get home saying, this is what I understood from our conversation. Please confirm. <laughs> that way you've got it in writing from them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I'm afraid many people have had the experience of having discussions yeah. with city planners and believing mm-hmm. that they understood that it was fine to go forward <laughs> with what they thought they were going to do and then Absolutely. discovered that that was not, in fact, the case. All right. Yeah. So... Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk more about some of the possibilities here with modular homes for, I don't know, all of us to think about. Uh, we'll also take any more questions you might have at 877-772-9658 or at askvina at gmail.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing, having what I'm finding to be a fascinating conversation because I have discovered that I knew even less about modular homes than I thought I did by talking to Carla Parvin, who is the president of Syria, Korea, Carolina's Ria in, in Asheville, uh, North Carolina, and who has made herself a little bit of an expert just by going out and building modulars. And Carla, to be clear, your strategy so far has been buy the lot, add the modular, finish it all out, and then resell it, right? Like a retailer would do. Correct. Yes. And and you can make money doing that. Like where, where's the yeah <laughs> where yeah where where's 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 the 
the profit, if, if the, the lot's going to cost money, the home's going to cost money, the putting it on the lot's going to cost money, the, the profit is... It's Asheville. <laughs> <laughs> I just closed on a three-bedroom, two-bath, 1,346 square feet. It uh, went under contract within 24 hours and sold for 10000 more than the asking price. Mm-hmm. And how much more did it sell for than what you had in it? About fifty-four thousand. Fifty-four thousand. So in line, not just with a rehab, but with a with a with the profits from a fairly high-end rehab, mm-hmm. like like a yeah. rehab that you did a lot of work to and was in a pretty nice area. But um, I gather you are not. You are not doing any of this work other than just the intellectual work. It's all, it's all guys in the factory and then the guys who haul it there and then the guys who grade the lot and make it okay. And then you've, you've got other teams of people who go in and finish it out. That's correct. Yeah. Um, my husband and I are both, uh, you know, over 70 years old. So we're beyond the times when we want to be swinging hammers. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So not a not a bad little profit for what's basically a lot of arranging on your part as as opposed to yeah. a lot of, you know, physically doing things and having to round up contractors and whatnot. Um so we've got some more questions that have popped up in the inbox here. And the first one I'm sorry, I went over to my questions for you and so I went away from the place I was looking for. Um, so Richard says you were mentioning build to rent. What would the numbers look like and what are the capital gains tax implications? Okay, that's that's two different uh two different things. So Carla, I assume your build to rent would evaluation would be like mm-hmm. any other, uh, okay, I'm going to buy this house and I'm going to rent it evaluation, which is what's my investment and what can I get for rent? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. if I like the return, I do it. And if I don't like the return, I don't do it. That is correct. Yes. The folks who do build to rent, I know one of the one of the reasons they will give you for why I built a house instead of going and finding one and rehabbing it is I don't have to worry about anything for the next 10 years. It's a That's new house. Point. <laughs> I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I yep. don't have to do anything about it. Now, um, this is a question that you may not be able to answer because you have not had the issue yet. And that is the capital gains implications. Like, how do you, how do you figure out? So you made $54,000. How do you figure out how much tax to pay on that? What is, is your basis just however much I spent clearing and buying the home and finishing the home? Yeah. All of the expenses that go into putting the house on the lot, yeah. Okay. Getting, getting it complete. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I would assume, this is a really good question, Richard, because you made me think. I would assume that if you were going to hold the house, it would be a similar calculation, just subtract the land value because the land's not depreciable. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm yeah. figuring out how much depreciation I can write off, it's probably however much I spent building and finishing the house, but not the lot because the lot is not 
actually depreciable. If there's a CPA out there who's ever dealt with that question and knows the answer, send me send me the answer and I'll we'll try to get uh we'll try to get him a better answer than the one I just made up from scratch. <laughs> so another question from Bryson. So you keep talking about finishing the house. What finishes are required? Are you doing flooring, putting in appliances? What's necessary once the thing is on the lot? Okay. It comes with the cabinets and the countertops and you know all of that in there. But uh, once it's set on the foundation, you need to put the siding on the gable ends, on, on the short ends, the 28-foot the sides. You need to put on your gutters. You need to put the fascia boards. Um, the uh, roof pitch can be a 512, 712, or 912. You can um, you know, make it look like a Cape Cod by putting a couple of the uh, dog houses on the front. There's a better word for it than dog house. Um, but anyway, but the other finishing items, there will be touch-up paint to be done where the two halves come together on the marriage wall. You'll need to finish those openings. Uh, you may need to install a door or two uh, in that marriage wall. You will need to do um, your, your plumbing and your electrical wiring is there, but you've got to tie the two sides together. And with the plumbing, you need to do a pressure test on it. That's one of the things that you have to do for the inspection. Um, so those are the kinds of trim-out things that need to be done. Mm-hmm. So it, <clears throat> it sounds like 80% of everything is kind of already done once they hook the pieces together, and then you're just going in and <laughs> it's, I can tell that uh, I can tell that they don't put anything on it that's not going to be aerodynamic as that truck is going down the. You're not going to put gutters on because exactly. they're going to blow off as the exactly. as the truck yeah. is going down the highway. Um, 60, yeah. 60 mile an hour. That's 60 mile an hour winds. That's hurricane force winds. Don't put your gutters on the house first. Nope. nope. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, no, no exterior lights. You know, you got to put those on after after it's sitting still. <laughs> so, um, David was listening very closely at the beginning, and he said he he remembered that you had said your next project was a duplex modular. Correct. First of all, how does that work? Are, are there duplex modulars? Or are you putting two houses together and making a duplex? No, it's a duplex modular. It's built with the firewall in between the two units. Uh, each unit, this it's a sixty foot long, so it's twenty eight feet wide, sixty foot long. Each of the units is a two-bedroom, two-bath, 856 square feet for each unit. Um, yeah, and it just goes together like any other modular home would. Interesting. And he also says, yep. what's your exit strategy on that? That one we're going to hold. Hmm. We're going to hold and rent that one. Mm-hmm. So next year you can come back and tell us about the build-to-rent strategy for... <laughs> I have heard from... A few folks in the investor community that if I get good renters in there and hold it for six months, this particular unit will sell for over five hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. I like the sounds. Of, I like to. I like the sounds <laughs> of those numbers. Um, mm-hmm. Final question from Janine because we only we're down to about the last two minutes. She says, "I like the idea of a home being built in a factory. I see so many homes being built on." 
on site that are left open with no roof while it rains. I'm always wondering what the builders do to prevent mold. Since the modulars get buttoned up on site by the end of the day, can I expect that modular homes are likely to be mostly free of mold? I have a severe mold toxicity and I'm looking for housing options. You're correct. Yeah, since it is um, built in the factory, it doesn't have the, you know, it's not out in the weather. So when it gets set on your site, it's dried in. You never have the interior being soaked. So, yes, you know, hmm. you can expect not to have the mold issue. Yes. All right. Well, perhaps we have uh, really done, Janine, some good just by you being on the show today because, uh, you know, who who knew? <laughs> Yeah. Who, who knew that yeah. the, the new modulars are less likely to have mold problems than uh, the new stick build homes? Well, Carla, we are out of time. I want to thank you for sharing what you've learned in your adventures building modular homes. And I look forward to seeing what your uh, future career in this arena looks like. Um, thanks for being here today. Thank you for the invitation. We will be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing.